From Equality Arizona, you're listening to the Arizona Equals Conversation. I'm Gene Woodbury. I'm the Interim Executive Director at Equality Arizona, and I'm the host of this podcast. It's one of my favorite things I get to do each week. Right now, we're looking for new guests to join the podcast. So if you're queer and you live in Arizona, I want to talk to you. Let's set up a time to record an interview. If you want to send me an email, it's just my first name at equalityarizona.org. Or you can use the form on our website at equalityarizona.org stories. While you're there, you can find the whole archive of past episodes of the show. Today's episode of the podcast is an interview with Aaron, a film student at ASU and a recent transplant to Arizona. We ended up talking a lot about representation in a lot of different areas, education, social media, film, TV. And we also got into this idea of the utility of different labels, how we find them, how they help us, how we can add to the discourse around labels by, by choosing them and by identifying with people and sharing our thoughts and our feelings. It's a really cool conversation, and I, I really appreciated their perspective about that, particularly as it comes to the word genderqueer. I think there's always more to be said about all of that, and I think that this is a great interview to hopefully jumpstart some more conversations about all of those topics. So let's just get started. So hi, I'm Erin, and... I use any pronouns, and I think um, I'm here just to really talk about the community and just expand people's minds and be able to start the conversation of LGBTQ. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So I think when we were emailing, you mentioned you, you had just kind of recently moved to Arizona, right? Yeah. And did you move here to go to ASU? I did. Okay. Everything shifted after college so after high school I was like I'm gonna come out here nice how, how did you make that decision um well I was trying like going into the film and stuff I was like I need more of a environment that allows more film creators something that mm. had more like um what's the word like connections oh yeah so like networking yeah, kind yeah, of? yeah. okay and yeah. living in Pennsylvania I that was not a thing. I come from a small town in Lebanon. It's near Lancaster. Oh, okay. yeah. So it's very um, hicky. Uh, do you know what hicks are? Yeah. Okay. I so mean, I know what that area in Pennsylvania is like. Yeah. So, so we have like some, the Amish, very conservative. Yeah. And it was definitely not a place for film. Right. So. That makes sense. Yeah. So I definitely had to come somewhere different in Arizona. I was expecting a little different. So I was like, it's Phoenix, Arizona. What were you expecting? <laughs> I was like, because I don't, it was this big city. I was like, it has to be like more liberal and just um, way different environment, which it was. I've definitely experienced less negative things here than I have at home, mm. but it's still, there's moments that I'm like still in kind of a red area, which can be negative. Yeah. Depending on who you are. What are some so. examples of like maybe what you were expecting and then what's actually been the case? Um, so I think I was just kind of like, oh, there's going to be more outlets 
and different like environment it's going to be more of a positive more of a um liberal environment yeah like being able to find like here's the center for this and here's this group and all of that um so i was kind of like oh i'm gonna go in this environment it's gonna be totally different than where i was because um lebanon was very conservative which i mean there's nothing wrong with being conservative but some of the viewpoints that they had some of the negative impacts that like the side of conservative they were was negative it can be really difficult to be queer in a conservative yeah, environment yeah yeah even if is. people aren't hateful to you it can mm-hmm. still be really difficult i think yeah our school um i mean our school provided a lot of different outlets to support those people but overall they didn't really like get down and kind of explore the negative parts of it mm-hmm. even talking to them um a friend and I were making a movement to change our caps and gowns because our caps and gowns are gendered. So oh, the girls yeah. wear white and the boys wear blue. And it was just us trying to like change that because there's no reason for it. It right. was just a tradition that they had years ago that mm-hmm. serves no more purpose anymore. So we were trying to change that and trying to get rid of that. And still with the two years, like we started our freshman year just talking about it and then brought it to the attention of administration my junior year and still nothing has changed i'm waiting to go back so i'm going back in december and i'm hoping to go to like a board meeting and talk about it more and try to change that and get rid of it other than that like there's still other things we have um a gender neutral bathroom in my school but it's kind of like you need to be careful going there because Uh, now kids use it to give an outlet for them to smoke cigarettes in our school (laughs) and they're like oh the general neutral bathroom just go in there and smoke like it's okay and that's making them like oh we're gonna shut down the general neutral bathroom and it's like (laughs) these people who are cis are going in there to take advantage of it when there's a bunch of other students who need that and right. find support in that and it's being taken away from them because of these other students um and that's a really good insight i never really would have um expected that as the consequence of, like it's very mm-hmm. i don't think anyone would have thought how is this going to get abused mm-hmm. by just people who don't even need it mm-hmm. do you know <laughs> what people are trying to do to keep that open um definitely a bunch of the students queer students just going to administration like Mm -hmm. speaking out about it and saying how we can't shut it down like that there was so much built up to allow that to even be there and having that taken away is insane and um i was a part of the broadcast program within my school so we did the morning announcements every morning and we made it a point to like include anyone or speak on anything um so it's definitely like make sure you're we obviously couldn't pinpoint certain things or say certain things about it on the announcements but we kind of like be respectful and just be aware of what you're doing and how what you're doing could it be affecting other students in a negative way and overall the school there's a lot of students who do negatively impact queer students there's i would say i would 
most of students would be just yelled at slurs within our school oh, daily. Wow. Um, I would say at least once or twice a day I would hear it negatively used towards not only me but other um, friends and other students in the school. Uh, I just remember there was one morning especially that 7 o'clock in the morning I'm getting out of my car to walk into school and there's just these kids in their car screaming at me and my friends like, oh, you F-slurs, like, no one likes your kind, and we're just walking into school, and I'm like, that's unbelievable, like, how people are able to do that, and we brought it to the attention of administration, nothing was done. We knew the exact um, place that they were, and their car was, and their, uh, like, their parking spot. Yeah. Made it aware to the administration, nothing was done. Um... What do you think motivates people to behave that way? I mean, do you think it's just hate or do you think it's insecurity? Um, I think like a lot of the issues I see is done by education. Mm. There is barely any education within the, um, especially Lebanon that has to do with queer or minorities in general. A lot of what we learn is completely whitewashed. People aren't learning. Uh, there's a teacher who, recently went into our middle school who actually talked about these things he brought up awareness and um he got backlash from it from administration like he started this diversity club in middle school and it was on the verge of being shut down because it was too radical it was putting things in the mind of students um so that was a big thing that uh he had to stop from happening. He was like, it's a verse club. Anyone can join. Anyone can be there. It has nothing to do with radical, like, ideations. Like, it's just to keep students in a safe environment. Um, So I definitely, like, growing up, I wasn't taught any of these things. I was only aware of what the word gay meant in, like, seventh grade. And at Uh, that point, I grew up very conservative. And it's a very, like very Christian, conservative area. So, I mean, majority of my friends and I did. So just hearing what that meant, I was like, what? Like, that's not okay. Like, um, I was praised for, oh my, I was praised for saying it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. (laughs) As funny as that is, as a child, I'm saying these things and getting like, yeah, that's exactly what you should be saying. You're absorbing political slogans that are like, older than you are at the point that you're saying them (laughs) yeah and so i wonder like you know you're having the same experience those kids are probably having who are yelling slurs at you Mm -hmm. right and not getting real exposure to things having everything kind of suppressed what do you think enabled you to get out of that mindset and why do you think they're still stuck in it um, I would say I definitely, um, with how I grew up, I had a more liberal side to my mom. My mom's side was more liberal, so I still heard a lot of homophobic racial things, but I think it started off with a little bit of that, and then social media, I got a hold of that, and the, just the people I was in, in my environment, I was a big theater kid, so... <laughs> I was with a lot of kids who did know what that was and did identify um, within the community. So learning about that and just being surrounded by it really helped me, like, 
this isn't bad, this is okay, these are people, like, this happens, and then, like, obviously, I grew to learn things about myself, like, how I identify within the community, and just being able to work through that, I definitely would say in eighth grade, I struggled with that, I was like, well, why am I feeling this way, I shouldn't be feeling this way, I should be, like, I should like guys, like, I, um, so that was a lot to have to process and break down. But I think my outlet was definitely theater and broadcast and just who I surrounded myself with. And a lot of the students who don't have that or still acted in ways that were hateful towards not not just the community, the LGBTQ community, but um, to black black people within our school, Mm, like they didn't have that. It was a lot of people and you could tell like, oh, well, they're in this club or like there was a lot of quote-unquote segregation like it was it was subtle but it was there like the broadcast crew all the broadcast kids were very liberal and then you would go over to the ffa future farmers of america that was oh well those are the conservatives like Uh, there was it was very segregated through our school like political segregation yeah it was very politically segregated and just within those clubs, you could see that more students that were in the more conservative created more negativity towards the, the kids in the other clubs. And I imagine the segregation itself mm-hmm. feeds a lot of that mm-hmm. behavior. You mentioned being involved in theater and then also doing this kind of multi-year advocacy around access for queer people and like the, the gowns and everything. Was that a kind of contiguous thing of here's the theater kids, we're all doing this, or here's the broadcast kids, we're all doing this kind of advocacy? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it started off with me and a friend of mine whose name is Grayson, mm-hmm. and it was both of us taking a initiative to try to change that. And then when we kind of grew that, it was majority was students who participated in theater in broadcast who were included in the GSA club so you could really tell like what students were in the conversation and who took a step back maybe because they didn't want to express it um, just because the environment they were in and what the other kids would think about them trying to advocate for that and then you could also see that they just some of them just didn't and some of them were that negative block within the school oh right yeah so all of those experiences, I think, as far as I can tell, lead directly into wanting to study film. But was there anything else that really motivated you to take that path? Um, I would say the majority is just to make change and do different things. But also teachers. The teachers, mm-hmm. some of them just were these great, amazing people who supported you. There was definitely ones who didn't, ones who said negative things. And um, I just remember being in a class with a teacher who would consistently uh, talk about, oh, well, you're going to get this Christian boyfriend. And is there a hickey on your neck? Is that from your boyfriend? I would consistently hear these things from the teacher. And I'm like, first of all, that's inappropriate in a classroom setting. Right. And second of all, who knows? Maybe I do have a boyfriend. Maybe I don't. Why does that matter to you? That's actually just very inappropriate, yeah. Yeah, like, like it shouldn't be said in a classroom setting. So just having those things, I got the negative part, and 
I think that definitely drew me away a lot because mm-hmm. that certain teacher was also the leader of our Students for Christ club, which I was a part of. And then it just became so uncomfortable and so suffocating for me that I relied on the other teachers, which were so supportive. Um, a teacher of mine in broadcast, I had two they were just amazing people. Not only did they help me through so many different things, but they also showed me how film can be that outlet of support to myself and other people. Yeah. And I think that definitely impacted me to join film and just come out to a place, especially here. Um, another thing with Arizona State is that they are very involved with Native reservations around here and including their voices in their students' programs. So I think coming out here was like, well, they teach those things. They kind of allow that outlet to open minds and open voices of minorities. And that's really different than Amish country in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, <laughs> No, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> definitely different um, environment. I'm going from a big area where there's fields everywhere mm-hmm. like coming here it was like oh there's it's it's city it's like obviously yeah. not like new york but it's 100 percent different than coming from a small town that's full of fields so coming out here was different and i've experienced totally different things with the people and who i'm in like who my environment is by yeah what's the environment like at asu uh, i went to asu but i graduated a while ago so I don't really know what it's like now for queer people but it, when I went there it wasn't closed off but it was also sometimes difficult to find oh where are the groups where where can I go to express myself yeah no definitely within the school there's a lot of different sides of things and I think being in the art program I see a different side of ASU and I am surrounded by people who are accepting and who are advocating for those rights for people of minorities. I have had one bad experience here, just which I just saying like just one, but like still, <laughs> it's like having that experience. Um, I was walking home and these kids driving by. I was with a friend and they just yelled out their car slurs, and oh I'm God. like, this was I like just got yeah I, yeah I just got out of this environment and. Now I was just reminded of it again. Well, I mean, even one experience like that yeah. is, I mean, you say just one. It's like that. that's a really pretty traumatic experience <laughs> yeah. to yeah. be yelled at from a truck, right? Definitely. There's like kind of implicit violence in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there is resources and outlets. Um, they definitely do a lot better job um, with any genderqueer students. Um, mm. They have the ability to, like, say, this is my preferred name, and right Mm -hmm. away that's used. Right away that's put in the roster. Um, Going around in, like, classes, I'm sitting there like, oh, no, what name are they going to say? What's going to happen? Because it's just a roster. Are they going to put the preferred name? Because sometimes that doesn't happen. But I've experienced complete relief going to classes and having the names called out because they put the preferred name there which I think is very good and a very good step forward from previous years. And there's a lot of inclusion, like going to the club days. There's multiple clubs that you can join that allow 
for voices to be heard and people to express how they feel. And I think that's definitely really important um, to provide that outlet for students because a lot of the times where they're coming from, especially if they're coming from a different state or a different environment like, like myself, yeah. um, there aren't those resources. Or some of them grew up in worse situations where they're shocked by this. They're seeing a club in general right. um, that's representing them. And I think that's really important. And I think ASU is doing a way more sufficient job than in prior years, like looking at the school when I was in high school, coming here and realizing what they're doing. Um, There's definitely always improvement, but for sure, there's always improvement in everything. But I think they've done a really good job within just the film program. There's teachers who express this and who I have already met who are genderqueer. And just the amount of respect that's put on them is just, like, it shocks me. Like, it really does. You don't experience that a lot, especially coming from a small town. Having a teacher be genderqueer blew my mind. It blew my mind. And I was just, like, shocked by it. But it was amazing to be able to see that because there are teachers like that. There are people like that. And seeing that was really eye-opening. Do you find that that improves the, like, well, I guess what I'm asking is, does that translate into being able to study the things you want to be studying more? Like, if you have a teacher who's genderqueer and you're in an arts program or a film program, they can connect you to aesthetic styles and languages and things that are different than what another teacher might. Has that been a really positive experience for you? Yeah, no, 100%. I'm currently enrolled in a woman gender and society class and just sitting in that class, like while the teacher is not gender queer, but hearing the things and hearing what they're telling other students is like, wow, like they're talking about these things. They're expressing these things. And we're not just sitting in a class where it's like, oh yeah, there's queer people and there's people of color. And then it moves on. No, we go in depth. We talk about it. Um, and it was amazing. And then another teacher who will be my professor next semester is genderqueer. And I think it just makes me so much more happy to be in the class. I'm like someone who can relate, someone who understands. Like, And they talk about how they're going to be doing genderqueer studies and how to join the classes. Like they're telling us all these classes, like how they love to be involved in queer studies and how when they went to college, they studied film, but they also studied psychology and queer studies. And it's like having those classes, you can type in when you type into the uh, roster of classes, like there's so many different, like there's not only queer studies, but there's just different topics, like just everything within Mm -hmm. the community. And I think that's really important. And having those, because they're electives and anyone can take Mm -hmm. them. So I think that's really important, and it's really, like, empowering to see that. It's very important to see that, because you didn't see that before, so. No, not really. I mean, I didn't see a lot of it when I was there. It was there. Yeah. But I think it's grown as a program. Mm -hmm. You've used the term genderqueer a few times, which I really love, but I feel like has kind of fallen out of use to a certain extent Mm -hmm. i I had someone at a grocery store the other day 
ask me, are you genderqueer? And I was like, I never really used that term, but Mm -hmm. actually I do like that term Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And they were so excited to talk to me about like figuring out their identity and using that word specifically as a tool to help them figure out their identity. So I think hearing hearing you use that word reminded me like, oh yeah, this is something that hasn't been used as much, but I think is a really useful word. And so I was curious, how did you find and connect with that term for yourself? Um, I think growing up, the word transgender was negatively used. Mm. And I think that's why I just more pulled towards genderqueer mm-hmm. because... Um, it includes so many different things within it. Um, and the word transgender, a lot of people, I, I think it's also just internally. I learned for it to be, it was like, oh, that's that transgender or, um, it was used negatively. Yeah. And I think hearing that and like having people use that so much around me like oh um this is my friend they're transgender and i'm like okay it was kind of othering yeah like it it made them othered and it's i didn't see the point in that and i think genderqueer having it used a lot is kind of more like so much more broad it's so much more like connecting at least for myself and a lot of people like a lot of non-binary individuals don't use transgender they do use genderqueer right um and i i think that connects to them more and i don't know if it's because growing up we were so used to hearing transgender in a negative light Mm -hmm. that we kind of strayed away from that but i think genderqueer kind of just makes it more like do you feel like there's more potential yeah. in it yeah. to like carve I, I, your own path? Yeah, I think it allows, because, yes, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> transgender was very used, like, oh, they're transgender, they're male to female or female to male, like, that's a trans man, that's a trans woman, Right. and I think using genderqueer, people are more like, oh, they're genderqueer, are they gender fluid, non-binary, like, there's so much, there is so much that people identify as. And even using genderqueer, like, I'm genderqueer, I'm transmask, or I'm transfemme. Mm-hmm. And I think it opened up so much more identities and so much more relation within people to maybe, like, connect and understand um, how they identify and why they identify this way. Because yeah. I think a lot of the thing is also taking gender and throwing it out. Because of how, how much it was used and how negatively it impacted people Gender is a concept, and looking at how people react to it and using the word genderqueer, it kind of just shows that there's no real point in gender. You've used the word, like, connecting quite a bit with genderqueer as, like, connecting to other people. I tend to think about gender as this really relational thing. Like, for me, it's hard to say, okay, I just have this really strong internal sense of what's going on, Mm -hmm. I really think, okay, how do I relate to other people? And then how does that kind of structure my gender as a relational Mm -hmm. thing? So I I like what you're saying in terms of that. And it really sounds like that's kind of what you're saying. Genderqueer 
as this different way to relate to other people. I wonder with something like throwing gender out, I mean, we don't really totally have the power to do Mm -hmm. that. But what you're describing is creating these spaces partly where you can do that Mm -hmm. with the people who are there. Is that, is that true or am I kind of misinterpreting what you're saying? No, I think I would totally agree with that. I think it also allows the people who don't totally feel like, oh, I was born um, into a female's body, but I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Like, some people don't identify with that. And I think using genderqueer, people are like, I don't feel right in this body, or I don't feel right identifying as my assigned birth, but I'm not the opposite sex Hmm. i'm 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 not like i'm just a human i'm a person who identifies as something different and i think genderqueer um is used a lot to help people pinpoint or identify like i'm i'm not cis but i'm not the opposite gender i'm non-binary or gender fluid and i think using that and taking back the word queer which has mm-hmm. been done the past few few years. Like, yeah. queer was used in a very negative connotation, but now we're taking it back and kind of using it as an umbrella term, um, not only with sexuality, but gender. Yeah. So I think using the word gender queer allowed certain individuals to be able to c- connect. And yeah. I think the connection is just, oh, well, I feel the same way, or... Like, I'm connecting with you because we have similar mindsets or we think the same or maybe not everything, but you can pinpoint, like, oh, I feel this, I feel this way and I feel this way. And a lot of people who identify within genderqueer understand that and can allow for a better environment because of, I think, everything within the queer community. Queer youth is so much more... Um, their, their rates for suicide is so much higher than... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, than, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, being out of it. And I think having that connection, having that... Like, I don't feel as though I am trans man or trans woman. I feel gender queer. I feel non-binary or gender fluid. And I think that opened up a whole new environment to allow queer student or queer youth to connect and to have that representation, that light, that feeling of inclusion. Yeah. I'll speak from my own experience, which is, you know, I I initially got to that point of like, okay, I'm not cis. And then I spent maybe three years trying to figure out, okay, well, what can I actually do from here? Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't feel like I was connected to other people in the way that you're describing. And the people I really connected with, who were able to, well, their experiences really showed me, okay, it's just about what am I going to go out and do? Mm-hmm. Were other trans women. And so that was something where I was like, this is an identity that's really helpful for me in terms of showing me a path for how I can exist in the world and who I can be connected to. Mm-hmm. And I think that for many people, like you're saying, identities like trans woman or trans man can feel like the opposite of that not a path that is easy to follow or or fits with your experience. And I think probably now I, I wouldn't necessarily have that exact same experience because it's a different moment in time and communities are different. For me, I found those people on Twitter 
that was kind of my mm-hmm. thing. Where did you find the people that you could connect to? Um, TikTok. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so many things were found on TikTok. Um, and a lot of social media is like that. Um, I know Tumblr was a big thing mm-hmm. that I was able to find these people or find more support through it and understanding yeah. with it. But I think a really big thing that has helped was TikTok. It provided so many different people, different individuals, different stories that um, scrolling, you'd find um, someone talking like, well, I feel like this. And I'm sitting there like, I don't feel that way, but I do feel what you're saying like with this or that. And just connecting to those people, um, texting them like, hey, like, what, what did you do about it? What do you feel like? I, I'm having similar feelings, but I don't know how to interpret it. Oh. Um, so I think that opened up so much and just allowing people to hear other stories and other people's experience really opened up. And I, I think TikTok is used worldwide now. It's huge. It's, yeah, it's, it's huge. so many people watch it, so many people listen. So I think that's definitely the big thing that allows for those platforms to express. How do you find stories and experiences like that on TikTok? I think some people go on TikTok and they end up looking at videos of like ASMR type things. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you, I don't actually really know how TikTok works in that sense of like, how do you connect to a community through it without already having that community to Mm -hmm. go out and find? What what is that like? Um, Algorithm. Algorithm has so much to do with TikTok. So many, like, there's this side or that side of TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I think just scrolling through, finding those certain um, ones that you like, liking them or watching them or looking at the comments going on their page, it creates this algorithm to let you see different parts of TikTok and different people. I mean, even searching. I definitely did that myself in high school. I'm like, I feel like this. What does this mean? Like, why am I feeling this way? Um, and hearing the words of genderqueer or um, just anything within the community, you just, I'm searching it up, I'm looking, like, and I see all these, these people who tag, like, hashtag genderqueer, and you're able to watch all these different experiences or stories or just everything. And uh, there's yeah. platforms on TikTok that's, like, comment or, like, s- slide in our DMs and talk to us and tell us how you feel or... Um, there's a community, there's people who relate to it. It's not just the videos, it's people actually talking to each other and, yeah. and listening. And Yeah, I think um, it allowed platforms to um, not only be on TikTok, but have like a website that allows people to talk. And I know there's a lot of Discord, Discord that people will go on and you can text so many different people. There's, um, with with uh, my hometown, there's the Lancaster Coalition, and they have a Discord that kids are talking on all the time. They're texting each other like, hey, you feel this way, you feel that way, and then they talk on themselves, and maybe they hang out, or maybe they just call, and they talk about their experiences, which I think is important, and having that representation, especially in media, um, not only there, but um, within myself in film, I think it's important that I want to be able to show that representation because you don't normally see that on TV. That's true. (laughs) Um, And a lot of that is on TV, like especially in the 1900s. 
it was a lot of um, just male-identifying people dressing up as women to get a laugh out of people. So yeah. I think, I think that connection is really important, especially through TikTok and um, just media in general. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd love to hear about your goals for your film studies. Do you want to work in that kind of area of like creating mass media with representation or do you have a, I mean, I know some people in film studies programs are doing really kind of avant-garde stuff. Mm-hmm. What's your goal with that? Um, I think I have so like right now I have so many different ideas in my head. That's great. I'm a freshman in college. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I could do this. I could do that. And I think my main point in things is I want to just, I want to make movies. I want to make mm actual movies like thrillers or um just tv shows that have representation in -hmm. such a natural way like in our everyday life i think a lot of the stories that we're seeing now in media is uh like love love simon it's it's a good film but it's someone's coming out and they have to deal with all of this and the internal and i think that's definitely important and i i glad we have that representation of different films in general just having people within themselves coming out but now we need to show people in everyday life we need to show people interacting with others like yeah they're queer and there's there's no emphasis on it there's no like this whole story is about you coming out not that just showing people yeah i don't know if this rings true for you but i think when a story and when the whole body of stories focuses on that internal coming out process, it's actually really isolating because mm-hmm. it just kind of says being queer is about having difficult feelings and figuring out how to say them. Yeah. Instead of being queer is about being around other queer people and living your whole life mm-hmm. as a queer person in public. No, definitely. I think a lot of them have a lot of isolation. And while it's true for some people, others, they grow up in a place where that's so much more accepted and they feel like they don't need to hide that or they don't need that internal like process of hatred of isolation within themselves about it and in some ways I feel like it could harm some individuals watching that they're like well they have and there's so many that have this internal struggle never come out never say anything and a lot of them end up committing suicide on these films and it's like you're showing this one outlet this one way out that's that's not it there's yeah. so many more opportunities there's so many people there's so many resources to be able to help not only yourself but others like be okay and help you learn your identity and a lot of films i'm seeing are about that internal struggle and then they come forward about it and there's conversion therapy and there's this big uproar in the family, religious family. A lot of them start off with the internal struggle, them saying something, and their family's very, very religious. Mm-hmm. And there's this, oh, I hate you, this hatred. Um, and I think a good scene to show this like internal struggle then this religious family is in glee. Um, mm-hmm. Santana, she has a lot of internal struggle and then comes out to her abuela and her abuela completely just denies her. Mm. And I think it's important to have certain representations of that, but a majority of them are like that. And I think we just need to show 
people. Not not a queer coming out story, just people. Like, yeah. oh, this is my friend. They're dating a girl. It doesn't matter. No, you don't need to say anything. Like, right, and actually show, like, real people's lives. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think a lot of the times they're just, they they put them in this box. Mm-hmm. They isolate them within not being isolated, coming out. They're like, yeah, this is my friend. They're trans. Oh, and it's yep. like, okay, you you didn't need to say that. Like, that wasn't important within the storyline. Um, I think it's just the creators need that. They need that, oh, well, we're improving things because we have a trans person in it. <laughs> like, no, you, you have you have a person. And right. it. I don't think it's important to outline that if it's not needed within the storyline. Yeah, and like if you're going to write a trans character, think about well, how would this actually work for a person in their life instead of mm-hmm. just here's a person they slot into this character role or we give them a tragic story whatever yeah. it is and it's sort of like here's a label for this character instead of like i don't know for me when i think about the parts of my life where i'm being trans it's like filling out forms and dealing with insurance and mm-hmm. like that's not always true sometimes it's about being around other trans people mm-hmm. but it's not just like everything I do is the trans version of doing something, right? Which yeah. I think is kind of what a lot of media portrayals yeah. end up creating. Mm-hmm. I, I would totally agree. Um, there's this really good documentary that I watched. It's called Disclosure. That's great, yeah. And it provided so much education within media and the community. It showed like how it progressed through the years and what they did a lot of the times when they um presented a movie that included a trans character they would so there's this i'm not sure the name of the film but it was a trans woman and the actor was was a male mm-hmm. and they kind of made it more aggressive because they're showing um this progression of a character who could be played by someone who's experienced that thing, not a man. And I think that was definitely something that um, helped me realize different, like, it should be played by the people who represent it, who are able to know the story and show it accurately. Um, And the first time we ever, a a lot of film in prior years was trans women. And the first kind of time you see any sort of trans man or trans masculine is in the L word. And there was a lot of negative impacts with that. They showed him being more aggressive when he started testosterone. And um, I think that shined a, a bad light on anyone. Yeah, they didn't handle that well yeah. at all. I think it made it very negative and it made it made people like, oh, that person started testosterone. Better beware, because they're going to get really angry. And it's not like that. Like, It's it, not. <laughs> I think they just sh- shined a really bad light on it. And um, a lot of the lesbians in the movie were, like, 
saying, oh, well, you're just denying that you're a lesbian to this trans man who still is in relationships with women. Like, no, he's not denying he's a lesbian. He is a man. And I think that just made so much more ability for people to hate, for people to gain this. Well, in the L word, they didn't like that that trans man because he was just he was just denying that he was oh, a lesbian right, yeah. and i'm like no no he he is a he's a man right. and they're just making it such a negative thing yeah and that's the whole butch flight concept and mm-hmm. it feeds into the a lot of like the turf stuff in in britain where it's oh well these are just people who are gender non-conforming but they're not trans they shouldn't transition or whatever yeah and it's it just feeds into all of that. Everyone's yeah. story's different. Whoever you are, yeah. whether you are identifying as trans man, trans woman, gender non-binary, queer, uh, gender queer, like everyone has a different story. It's not the same whether someone, because um, you constantly get the people like, "Oh, you're trans? Did you get the surgery?" <laughs> like, doesn't matter. Some people do, some people don't. Maybe because they're comfortable with it. Maybe because they don't even want it. Some people don't. And I think that's something that's also need to be talked about. Like, we don't need these things. You don't need to transition with bottom or top surgery to identify within these certain communities, within these certain um, identities. Mm -hmm. Like, some people don't choose to do that. And that's their choice. And I think that a lot of the times when showing them through media, it's always the same. It's always the same representation, like, oh, well, I just got this surgery, now I have to get this surgery to, like, fully transition. No, you don't. You don't. Everyone everyone has different stories. And I think it needs to be shown more. And going back to what I want to do in film, like, yeah. I want to show that. I want to be able to have coming-of-age movies, stories, shows that just represent people, mm-hmm. not... Not people, like, not a story about someone who's trans and it's all about them because they're trans. No, I want to show people and, like, include, you're not, like, a majority of the time when you're going out in public, there's probably someone who's trans and you just don't know it. Yep. You, you, there's probably people who are a lesbian or gay. You don't know. You can't, you, you won't know. And I think it's important to show that and that it's it's normal. It's not this crazy thing, oh, you're part of the LGBTQ community. Like explosive, like this crazy thing, like, well, what about this? What about this? Like yeah. I'm a person. I'm I'm a human being. I don't think it's important in some senses to other other them. Yeah. Outline them. Well, thanks for talking with me. We've got to wrap up, but I, yeah. I really appreciated you taking the time to be on the podcast. Of course. No, it was awesome. I really thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, totally. Thanks again to Aaron for sharing their time with me and for sharing their story on the podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved with Equality Arizona or to join in the conversation, just visit our website, equalityarizona.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.